Return, you must teach me Gymkata, the fusion of gymnastics and karate. No, Stewie. I won't do that. It's too dangerous. I swore I'd never teach Jim Carter again. Brian, there's a 22-year-old Mongolian heiress who's being held captive in a mountain fortress that happens to have a pommel horse in it. There's no other way. Ciao, piacere, mi chiamo Troy e benvenuto a Nottabon Podcast. E Brad, come stai? Uh, I don't speak Italian, so... Ah, Hi, how are on, you, man. sir? I'm great. I'm You're super You're not on excited. vacation yet. No, no, no. Technically, when this releases... Oh, yes, I, you will I, be. Yes. I will be, I think, last day in Rome. Mm. So, yeah, I'm just setting the mood here. But listen, uh, I'm super excited about this film that we're going to talk about. So what are we talking about, Brad? We were talking about 1985's martial art film, Jim Cotta. And we're going to be talking about lots of kicking to the face, which is one of our favorite topics. Yeah. So I was doing a little research on this uh, and I didn't know this. Do you know who knows the most about the secret art of gymnastics and karate? Oh, would it be our Korean best friend? Yeah, Koreans in general actually know the most about Jim Kata. <laughs> so we happen to know this guy that we call Korean cool. And we thought, man, let's let's have him on and he can school us in this deadly art form. So I'm um, I'm super excited to welcome back Korean cool himself, John. How are you? Doing good. Just uh I need to stare at Brad for just a second more. Ooh. I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> no, no, I don't want to interrupt anything. <laughs> no, just getting my, uh, just got off the, uh, uneven bars and pommel horse. So I'm ready to go. Oh, sweet. Good. Cause we're ready to get schooled. But listen, <laughs> before we talk about this film, I thought it would be kind of fun. I I'm, I'm curious about some other movie titles that really take martial arts in an entirely different direction. So on the show before we've talked about some classics like Miami connection which combines um, what martial arts with cool, awesome rock sounds. Yes. Okay. Specifically dragon sounds, dragon sounds. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about samurai cop, which combines cops and samurais, right? And bad, bad wigs. Yes. And bad wigs. Yeah. So I've, I'm, I've got a list of other films and I'm really curious if you guys have seen this. Um, and I thought it'd be a fun way to kind of talk about martial arts movies before we talk about Jim Cotta. That just I believe of, we've also completed the trilogy too, Troy. That would be Enter the Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja, and Ninja 3, The Domination. Oh, we have. Because we did mm -hmm. uh, two over at Gentleman's Guide and, and Ninja 3 here, right? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. I, but but even those are are somewhat traditional martial arts films. They're, they're not wacky, in my opinion. And they're super cool. We're going to talk about some wacky titles here. Okay, you ready? So I'm, I'm really curious if you've seen any of these. So I'm going to start with this one. I'm going to assume you guys have seen this. I, I had the opportunity to actually see it in the theater, like for the one time that it showed over in the U.S. But we're going to go all the way back to 1975. And if you remember, um, around this time period, uh, the Japanese had a couple of franchises like Ultraman and Kamen Rider. And uh, Hong Kong wanted to capitalize on that, and specifically the Shaw Brothers Studio. 
So they decided to produce a little science fiction action film starring Danny Lee. And uh, in this film, it's basically a guy gets a bunch of computer parts laid on top of him. And then he becomes the superhero Inframan from 1975. Oh, yes. Have you guys seen this? Yes, very much. Yeah, actually got the entire um, series collection uh, this past Christmas from the wife. The the entire collection? I think there's one film. I think it's the whole series, Ultraman, yeah. Oh, the Ultraman. No, no, no. I'm I'm sorry, Inframan. I don't know. I got to look at it again. They all run together. Yeah, Inframan is the Shaw Brothers, uh, I guess, take on on the whole Japanese craze with that. And um, Dragon Maw was like the, the main villain. Yep, and um, it was it was basically Shaw Brothers Kung Fu meets um, just guys in rubber suits smacking each other around. <laughs> it, it's in- like proto like Power Rangers in a way too. It's it's yeah, Ultraman, all that stuff kind of go all goes together. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, you've seen yeah, that isn't, one. Isn't that the one like where he grows like fifty feet tall and he steps on one of them? He steps on one. Uh, no. like a bug. I don't think so. I, I gotta, I gotta. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I remember the, the the villains in this one are are fantastic. But yeah, if you like Shaw Brothers films and and you love um, Ultraman, I mean, you gotta you gotta catch Inframan. I think when when I saw it in the theaters, it was called Super Inframan or something. My dad hated this film, and I I loved it when he took me. <laughs> okay, this one we're gonna we're gonna go up a year to 1976. So <laughs> I I'm. I would be really curious if you guys have seen this one. I've only seen it because it was filmed in my hometown of Wichita, Kansas. But the title is called King Kung Fu from 1976. This this sound familiar? It does not. Okay. It doesn't. No. So King Kung Fu tells the story of a good-humored, hat-loving Chinese talking gorilla, originally named Jungle Jumper, who has been taught karate. After beating up his kung fu master owner, Alfunku, when the later dared him to snatch a banana from his hand, he is shipped off to the U.S. as a goodwill gift by his battered and emba- embarrassed teacher, where he is renamed King Kung Fu for publicity purposes. On the way to the New York Zoo, the monster master of the martial arts is put on display in Wichita, Kansas, where two out-of-work uh, reporters set him free with plans to capture him and get jobs. Wow, no, I haven't seen that. No, you need to God. see so this. Maybe we'll do it for April next year, Troy. We, we have to. Now, The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema has actually reviewed this, which I was super excited about that. Um, but yeah, you, you got to check this out. Okay, all right. So found one you haven't seen. Add that to your list. All right, you ready for the next one? This yeah. one, this one. I, I looked for this one forever as soon as I heard about it. And uh, it did not disappoint when I watched it. Okay, so this one is 1977's "The Dragon Lives Again." Is this one familiar? Yes. So you've seen this? I believe I've seen this. Lives again. Let me. Do you know what it's about? It, well, it's definitely one of those knockoff Bruce Lee movies. Oh yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. Okay, so here, here's what. But it's doesn't about. he go to like hell or something? Yes, it's okay, a yeah, uh, yeah. it's a martial arts fantasy comedy in which the soul of Bruce Lee goes to the underworld. There, the deceased Bruce Lee meets a number of pop culture icons. Oh, from like Count Dracula, right? Oh, yeah. oh yes. my God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So he meets yes. Count Dracula, James Bond, Zatuichi, the Godfather, the Exorcist, 
the erotic character Emmanuel, the man with no name, the one-armed swordsman, as well as Kane from Warner Brothers Kung Fu television show, and Popeye the sailor. And I think he teams up with Popeye to um, take down the bad guys. Good Lord. If you have not seen this film, it is so terrible, but it is so good. It's one of the best Bruce Lee clone films. Do you say James Bond as well? Because I think James Bond yeah, is in there. James too. Bond. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I think he's the bad guy in there. You know. Yeah. Oh, my lord. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So doing good. You got. You got. You've seen two of these. All right. Next one. I. I, I know you've seen this one. The Crippled Masters from 1979. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. So for anybody who doesn't know about this one, the film stars a handicapped martial artist Jackie Khan and Frankie Shum as two men one without arms and another without legs who train in Kung Fu and seek revenge upon the teacher who made them disabled. Yeah. Another, um, exploitation classic. Uh, and I think I actually own this on Laserdisc. <laughs> That's how far back. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. wow. <laughs> now, Brad, the next one I'm going to mention, I know you know about this. I think I introduced you to this film, but I'm curious if John knows about it. Oh, is it the, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this one's 1981 and, uh, John, have you ever heard about the film called thrilling bloody sword? Oh my gosh. Uh, no, it's a Taiwanese film. Okay. So (laughs) they, they, it's a Taiwanese martial arts retelling of snow white and the seven dwarves. And it is amazing. It is bonkers. Totally bonkers. Um, what what is it? Gold Ninja Video. Gold Ninja. Yep, yep. Because yeah. as soon as you left my house, because you brought it with you when you came to visit, and then I ordered it from there as well, because I needed to have that in my collection. Yes, it has been noted. Yeah, Gold Ninja Video. Um, it's it's another one of these. I I think it's a Canadian company, and they will take. Uh, they they did a a whole um like early Jackie Chan uh, movie set. They they've done a lot of um, just different films across the, the um, just pick a genre. They've, they've dabbled in it, right? But they only make so many copies of these films, and once they're done, they're sold out. So that's a website you definitely want to check out on a regular basis, but Thrilling um, Bloody Sword, they actually did a restoration of it. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I think that version has actually showed at a couple of movie theaters. It might have showed at the AFI at one point, too. Um, but yeah, go to, go to gold ninja video. Okay. Next one. I I think we've all seen this because, uh, as soon as I found it, I I made everybody I know watch this thing. So it, it stars one of my favorite action stars of all time. And it's, uh, one of his early films and it's from 1985 and it's mismatched couples. Oh yes. Yes. Okay. So for those of you who don't know about this film, it is kind of hard to get a hold of. I think the version I ended up getting, I, I think I bought some people additional copies of it too, but I think I, I, it was a Vietnamese bootleg or something on Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> but it's Donnie Yen. It's a romantic kung fu comedy mixed with breakdancing. There, there's a whole breakdancing fight sequence that will blow your mind. You could probably see it on YouTube. Um, but it's another example of just kung fu or martial arts just gone in an entirely wacky direction. I love it. Okay. This one, we're going to go back to um, the Taiwanese film industry. Have you heard of a little film called Legend of the Sacred Stone from 2000? Oh. No? Maybe not. Okay. No, it doesn't sound familiar. So I knew about this one 
because of um, there, there was a theater in San Francisco and before they would show like martial arts films and stuff like that, they would show clips from this film. And as soon as I had heard about it and saw the clip, it was like, I, I got to find this whole thing. And again, it's one that's hard to track down, but you can find it. But think Team America World Police in a wuxia film with puppets chopping each other's limbs off. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Why are you oh. just now telling me about this? It's yeah. fantastic. It is oh. brilliant. But yeah, it's it's this whole wuxia film with marionettes, like puppets like Team America. And the martial arts in it is actually really good. But the set pieces, I mean, there's this whole sequence when they're fighting, um, I think it's like zombie skeletons or something on a volcano. It, it's brilliant. It's fantastic. And I think that's the sequence they used to show in this theater in San Francisco. Puppet sex? Any puppet sex? No, no. It's <laughs> oh. not like that. No, no, no. Ah. Um, but yeah, that was that was from 2000. I'm sure you can find that one. Okay, we're getting some more recent stuff. I'm pretty sure everybody has seen this film, but I feel like everybody forgets about this film. And it's 2002's Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Are you guys fans oh, yeah. of this one? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know about it, it's um, it's a martial arts comedy film that parodies Hong Kong action cinema, specifically from like the Shaw Brothers era. Uh, era. It was written, directed, and starring Steve Odekirk, and he, and he used footage from the 1976 Hong Kong film Tiger and Crane Fist, also known as Savage Killers. And he shoots new footage with him in it and inserts himself into that movie. I think it's quite brilliant. I don't know about you guys. I love it. Oh yeah, I love it. Love it. it. Funny as hell. Yeah. Do you have a favorite scene? I mean, for me, it's it's the cow scene. But cow scene. Oh yeah, cow scene. Okay. Cow scene, hands down. All right, we're getting some really obscure stuff, and I will be honest, I own this stuff, but I I have not been able to sit down and watch it because I can't get you guys in the same room, um, and that's what I'm waiting on. So I'm I'm going to talk about these last two films, and I'm committing you both to watching them with me. Okay, you ready? First one is Afro Ninja from 2009. Have you heard about this film? Yep. Have you seen yep. it? Yep. Is it any good? It is. Um, it's unique. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say that. So I guess the way the story goes, there used to be a YouTube video of a martial artist who was working on nunchucks and he would do a backflip, but then he'd fall, he just fell right on his face and it made its rounds. Well, they turned that into a film. Yeah. And um, it's a homage to martial arts legend Jim Kelly. And it again, it's based Never on a YouTube video. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's the plot summary. Reggie's got a dead-end job, a cruel boss, and no real prospects. Until, that is, he uncovers a pair of magic nunchucks that give him karate superpowers and set Reggie up for a battle with the evil kung fu master. So... Sounds great. Really yep. hard to find. I think I found it in like some Goodwill discount bin for 95 cents. <laughs> as soon as I saw the title, I had to buy it. <laughs> um, this next one's more new. I think you can get this on Blu-ray because that's how I got it. It's uh, from 2020, a little film called Ninja Badass. Have you heard about this one? No, but you yeah. told me about this. This was also a like a. They shot it somewhere local, right? Yeah, I think it was it? like Kentucky or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Local for me. Yep. So as soon as I, I think I sent you the trailer too. Um, and I, I pre-ordered it the minute I heard about it. Uh, but this is, this is one I'm waiting for the perfect group watch. Here's, here's the plot synopsis. The Ninja VIP super club is doing a slow drag across the American Midwest 
culminate, culminating, excuse me, in female sacrifice. When they kidnap a super hot babe, Rex, our hero, um, it's up to him to become a ninja and steal her back from the ninja VIP super club. So you can go to YouTube, you can see this video. I think you can get this on Blu-ray on Amazon, but I do, I cannot vouch for the quality of it the way I can for King Kung Fu. Um, so enter this one at your own risk, but this is one gentlemen, we need to sit down together and watch this one. Oh. Yeah, it's it's on Tubi as well, but I'll 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 wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're together. Yeah, can you guys think of it? I mean, I, I was just jotting these down off the top of my head, like, hey, these are ones that I love. Um, like Legend of Sacred Stone. I, I it was one of those that as soon as I heard about it, I had to go seek that film out, and it did not disappoint. Um, but are there any other kind of just off the wall martial arts movies you can think of? And, and here's, here's the thing. I don't consider it like American Ninja or Enter the Ninja or the Ninja craze off the wall unless it really goes into like supernatural crazy stuff that or, or just kind of blends a couple of different genres together with martial arts. I'm, I don't know of any others that you can think of. The only mm. one that kind of pops into my head um, only because it was just it, it, it totally caught me off guard when I saw it. Um, they call me Bruce. Oh, yeah. There's With a Johnny sequel. Yoon. Yeah, there's yeah. a sequel to that too, right? Yeah. They still call me Bruce. Yep. Yeah. Which the first um, one is, I think, super funny. Oh yeah. And it was one of those that I, I thought when I had saw it, it was gonna be like another super awesome, you know, martial arts, just give it to me, chopsaki. Uh, but no, I, I was like in tears, just remember laughing so hard at it. And of course he's Korean, so that had a, extra points to it. So and it, it was a big box office hit too. It was, it was. yeah, it, it was. was. Huge. Do you got any, Brad? I can't. I can't vouch for the quality of it, but I've seen a preview for a film. It's a sci-fi comedy ninja film. It's called Space Ninjas from 2019. (laughs) That sounds amazing. The title alone's got me sold. Yeah, they invade a high school, I believe. Space Ninjas. Okay. Space Ninjas. I feel like there's a whole subcategory of ninja films from Japan that uh, I know nothing about that somebody's going to come and say, Hey, look at these five films and they're going to blow your mind. Um, so listeners, if you, if you have any other films um, and I'm looking for that King Kung Fu quality. Uh, so if you, if you have anything like that, that you can recommend to us, that would be awesome. Um, yeah. But let's, let's talk about Jim Cotta, the deadly oh. art of gymnastics and flippies and <sighs> I don't know what else Um, (laughs) people walking into your feet as you do gymnastics. (laughs) Yes. Uh, This is not a first time watch for anybody, right? No. 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 Did did anybody see this in the theater? I actually did. Okay, good. Yeah, I did Um, not. I I would have been two years old. How many were in your theater, John? A handful, maybe (laughs) there, there was a handful. It was just me. Um, This was right before uh, 1985. So right before we went back to Germany uh, on Fort Meade. So it was just, you know, my group of friends, four or five, six of us and saw it at the theater over by Berber Lake. And uh, man, we swear to God, we left that movie thinking that was like the most awesome thing we've ever seen. Of course, we're kids. So yeah, everything was awesome. Yeah. I I mean, Brad, you, you pick something in our wheelhouse, the eighties martial arts film. However, surprisingly, unlike enter the ninja or even revenge of the ninja, this one didn't do so hot when it came out. Right. So you want to take us back in the time machine back to 1985 and and talk about when this thing got released. 
Yeah, so released May 3rd of 1985 with a reported budget of $8.5 million. It makes $5.73 million its whole box office run. Troy, it's in the theater for like two weeks. It's not in the theater for long. Um, Opening weekend, it makes $1.26 million. That is good enough for 10th place um so it gets beat out by some films that we're gonna know quite a bit about the first one being code of silence oh chuck norris yes yes good Troy. we will we just got done talking about this just one of the guys yes uh that was awesome classic movie gotcha uh (laughs) (laughs) wow police yeah (laughs) police academy 2 their first assignments again Fucking stupid name. <laughs> um, mask. Not that mask. Not the mask, but mask. Right. Oh, uh, Eric Stoltz. Yeah. 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 yeah sure. uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Ooh. Stick. Oh. Lady Hawk. Oh. Desperately Seeking Susan. And then Jim Cotta. Not only is Jim Cotta a financial bomb, but it sits at a 17% with the critics and it sits with the 40% with the audience. And that's with plus. 2500 reviews hey can can we go back to the budget real quick yeah so you said it was how much eight about eight million okay i i think that's about 75 to 80 million in 2023 dollars oh <laughs> so just, just think about that for a minute yeah somebody today if they wanted to make jim Cotta on the same budget would be like shilling out 70 to 80 million dollars good gravy and we wonder why films don't make any money um <laughs> Films, uh, so sorry, no Christian website review of Jim Cotta. I can only imagine what they would say about this. But films you could have seen May of 1985, like John and Troy did. We've got Code of Silence, Gotcha, um, Rappin. Love that movie. (laughs) Love that movie. Brewster's Millions, Rambo First Blood Part 2, A View to Kill, and Fletch. What Fletch. an amazing lineup of films. All of them. A plus. Yep. A plus. Yep. Uh, well, I guess let's talk about the people who made this film. We're only going to talk about a few names. We got to start behind the camera with the one and only Robert Klaus. So, uh, John, I'm going to start with you. What What are your thoughts on director Robert Klaus? So, it, it was one of those things when I went back and looked at it to understand Robert Klaus. I still don't understand how does a man direct Enter the Ninja, Black Belt Jones. You mean Enter the Dragon? Enter the Dragon. Enter, enter the, the dragon. dragon, John. We're gonna take your sorry. card away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just. I think. But yeah, Battle Creek Brawl, and of course, probably some of the most awesome, fun martial arts movies that came out with our. Uh, China O'Brien series. Oh, yes. Cynthia Rothrock. Love it. How he did those movies. And then Jim Cotta. I have no idea. So you're a fan of Robert Klaus. Yeah. Yes, I am. So what's what's his best film? His best film, of course, Enter the Dragon. Uh, uh, from- Tro- Troy. Troy. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, it's, that's an incorrect answer, but go ahead. No. No, it's it's the right answer. Um, and then second to me, in my opinion, uh, Battle Creek Brawl. 
And then third of all ones, <laughs> Black Belt Jones. <laughs> and then after that, Black Belt Jones. Oh, that. Okay. All right. Well, Brad, yeah, yes, sir. Uh, your thoughts on, on Robert Klaus? Again, like John, I was surprised to see this guy's filmography because Enter the Dragon was in 1973. This is 1985, and it's like <laughs> he forgot how to direct. But uh, I, I, there's like Enter the Dragon, Black Belt Jones, Golden Needles, uh, The Ultimate Warrior, Game of Death, The Big Brawl. Force Five, Troy. Force Five. Uh, Force Five's Force amazing. Five. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Joe Lewis, Cynthia Richard Bryan. Norton, Benny the Jet, Arquitas. Yeah. Iron Heart as well. Bolo Young. So he's, yeah. Bolo, yep. Get a little Bolo Young. So yeah, he's got a filmography for people who like seeing people get kicked in the face. Yes. Uh, John, the correct answer is Black Belt Jones is his best film ever of all time. Um, then entered the dragon and then, you know, probably battle Creek brawl. I hate, I, I hate putting Jackie Chan in third place, but you know, we have to, it's Jim Kelly's best work ever. Uh, I I've heard this rumor. I don't know if you guys think it's true, but honestly, my, my favorite film is black belt Jones talking seriously, but from a quality perspective, I think enter the dragon is his best made film. Yes. Would, would you guys agree with that? Yeah, it's one of the best made films of all time. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I've heard this conjecture before, and I, I don't know what your guys' take on this. The, the Some people will look at that film and go, did Bruce Lee really direct uh, Enter the Dragon more than Robert Klaus, which is why it sits out against the rest of his filmography? Do you guys buy that? I'm sure Bruce was very uh, involved in making that since it was like his big American debut. So I'm sure he was very much involved. So I would buy into that theory. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, those who actually studied the, the backdrop of enter the dragon and Bruce Lee's involvement, uh, Bruce Lee was not one to sit down and just accept what he was seeing, you know, about to be filmed. And he would always interject and always say, this is what's going to be better. This is what's going to be better. This is going to look better. And I, I, I'm sure that is the absolute truth where Robert Klaus was like, okay, Bruce, we'll do it. And that was it. Yeah. I, I actually think it's the anomaly in his filmography because I love all of his films, but I would also say they are of a certain quality that um, you, you're not going to win a lot of awards for, but you are going to entertain the heck out of your audience. Uh, and, yeah. and you're probably going to make some memorable sequen uh, sequences and some some memorable characters. But it, I don't know, it, it does kind of fall into that cult realm versus something like Enter the Dragon, which was a, a cultural phenomenon. Well, and that's, so that's what really kind of threw me off. It's like, like you said, it, you could call it an anomaly, you know, a, um, a, a paradox of events and stuff, but he had the opportunity to really take what was successful and go on with it, especially with his, his filmography of martial arts films. And it just seems like the one thing that stuck was uh, martial arts films can make money. They can mm -hmm. be good. Um, but I think he got stuck, what I always called it to the, the, the Western syndrome, which was uh, we can't make it as fast as Bruce. Yeah. Right. It always had to be slowed down so everyone can absorb 
the action that's going on. And I think that's what, you know, he just never really embraced was that, you know, martial arts. Yeah. And the movies. Yeah. We all know it's fake real life. It's, it's fast as hell. So, you know, do a little bit better with it. And I don't, he never just never applied that lesson, which was curious. Yeah. I I know what you guys think. I, I, I do think that he does a good job in highlighting his martial arts star. So he does let them shine. Yep. Um, China O'Brien films, I think are a lot of fun. Um, Force five is a blast and there's little bits of, wow, that's really good choreography. It's a really good chance for, for Benny the Jet or Kitas to do his thing or um, Cynthia Rothrock to do her thing. So I I do think he lets it shine. Black belt Jones to me is is a standout from that because he really does a good job of taking the black exploitation genre really highlighting everything that Jim Kelly stood for in terms of the charisma department. Um, and I think push the boundaries on storytelling for that time too, because you have a really f- strong female lead that was, um, you know, was typical for that time period um, in that genre of black exploitation. Cause you had Pam Greer and everything else, but you know, Jim Kelly shines as much as everybody else in that movie. Um, and then you get this car wash karate fight <laughs> it's <laughs> so much fun um but yeah hot potato the sequel not yeah. so great but yeah. um let's talk about the stream oh yeah go ahead well i was gonna say real quick i mean i i wholeheartedly agree and i think you hit the key word right he he took it and and instead of saying you know we're gonna do another martial arts with black you know uh black actors and do another black uh black exploitation film he actually developed you know really a little bit for that time surprisingly characters and a story out of it and it, it, it really, really works. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about screenplay real quick. So this name has popped up before in a previous episode. I don't know if you remember this, Brad. Uh, screenplay was done by Charles Robert Carner. Now, this film is based on the novel The Terrible Game by Dan Tyler Moore. I, I went to see how much you – I just went to Amazon. I'm like, I bet you could buy the paperback. No, you can't. Um, if you want a copy of the paperback, you have to get the original paperback and it's like 80 bucks. So, um, but our, our screenwriter has been on the show before way back in episode 99. He was responsible for the screenplay and story for blind fury from 1989. Ooh, blind fury, okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, one other. Wow. So he's got Jim Cotta and blind fury, Jim Cotta okay. and blind fury. Yeah. He's already probably one of the greatest screenwriters ever. Yeah. Um, stunt coordinator, Petar, P-E-T-A-R, Petar, uh, Buntik. Now he's got an interesting resume, but this one stuck out. Stunt coordinator in Yugoslavia on Jackie Chan's armor of God from 1986. Love armor of God. So that's, that's where Jackie almost died because he split his skull, um, jumping from that, uh, castle to the tree. And then a name I'm going to mention, but we won't talk about him here. We'll talk about him in front of the camera. But one of the fight choreographers on here was Richard Norton, right? So let's talk about the cast. Um, anybody know much about Kurt Thomas as Jonathan Cabot? I mean, he was an Olympian. No. No. I thought no, so, too. <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. he was a he was a world champion. Um gymnast but the the one shot he had to be oh, an yeah, Olympian, we boycotted yes exactly okay. well yeah, he was on the olympic team but didn't get the yeah 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 uh, yeah yeah no he competed in 1976 um yeah he, i oh you're right he did so in 78 he became the first american 
male gymnast to win a gold medal at the World Artistic Gymnastics Champions. In 79, he won six medals at the World Championship, setting the record for the most medals won at a single World Championship by an American gymnast. Um, and then he competed, you're right, he competed in the 1976 Summer Olympics in Montreal. Oh. Thomas was I favored. I thought I saw that he was actually an Olympian. Yeah, you're right. I, I should never doubt you. Thomas was favored to win a medal at the 1980 Summer Olympics, but was unable to compete due to the U.S. boycott of the 1980 Olympic Games. Take that, Russia. Yeah. He had uh, three movies. Jim Cotta was his first. Three years later, he does a movie called Circus. Have no idea what that's about. And then in 2003, in a movie called Slam. Um, but I don't want to talk about him. I want to talk about the next guy. So as Zamir is Richard Norton. Now. I think you guys know who Richard Norton is, right? Of course. Oh yes. yeah. Do you do you have some favorite Richard Norton movies? Uh, I mean, he's in China O'Brien that we already mentioned. He's in Lady Dragon. He did some Walker Texas Ranger. Yeah. He did uh, License to Kill. Uh, what was he in a Bushido movie? The Sword of Bushido, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 Troy. He's in Millionaire's Express. He is. He's yes. in Millionaire's Express, which is fantastic. He's also in City Hunter with Jackie yep. Chan, which he's oh, fantastic okay. in. That Mr. Nice Guy, yeah. um, the, the Octagon, Ironheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it was it the fighter or the kick fighter? Uh, I think it was like it was like a it was like a blood sport Genesis type thing movie. So he, was in that. he has worked quite a lot with Cynthia Rothrock. Yes. Uh, I, I will say this. My favorite uh, movies that they did together um, is Rage and Honor from 1992 and then the sequel Rage and Honor 2 from 1993. I mean, they're, they're a great combination and they're great yeah. when, they're, you know, when they're working together or when he's the villain, she's the good guy, uh, good girl, sorry. Um, but I, I really, I like those two films because they, they do this great job of buddying up and kicking everybody in the face. And those, those two films are a lot of fun, but yeah, he's Samuel hung knew exactly how to use him in millionaires express. Yep. Um, he, he, he's fantastic against Jackie Chan. Um, and, uh, you get him and Gary Daniels as like the two heavies in city hunter. Yep. It also says he was in twinkle, twinkle, lucky stars. Yes. He has a fight sequence in that as well. He did. Okay. He did a lot of Hong Kong work. As soon as he hooked yeah. up with Samo, Samo knew exactly how to use him. So yeah. I think his best choreography I, is his Hong Kong stuff, but I think yeah. it's like Cynthia Rothrock, like her best choreography is in Hong Kong, but some of her better films are over in America, except for millionaires express. And isn't that like one of the better compliments? If like you get to work with Samo and Jackie, Oh yeah. Young Biao, like, and you get to work with those guys, huh? yeah. And they call you back, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, "Come and be in more films." Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah okay, well, sure, yes. Yeah, Richard Norton, he was actually a really, really good martial artist. You know, just like you know, Cynthia Rothrock. So it, it just made sense with they see natural talent and persona on a screen. Yeah, I mean, Samo, he's he's a genius. Yes. Does it does it come through on the screen in this movie? We'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> well, and and here's the other little title that he's been in that I always forget that he's that he's in, and it's Mad Max Fury Road from 2015. He's the main villain. Oh, yeah, he's the big guy. Yeah, that's Holy Richard shit. Norton. Is he? Yeah. I thought I thought the, the that prime was the original imperator. Is that yeah? Is that, is that right? I thought the original toe cutter was the main bad guy. No, mm-hmm. it's Richard Norton. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah, isn't that crazy? 
There's one other wow. name I want to mention. So there's a lot of people in this film that I'm sure uh, our friends, other the gentleman's guide to midnight cinema would be like, Oh, you missed this person and this person. And they're look, there, there's only one other name I want to talk about. And uh, it's because of two films. And this person is Conan Lee. Are you guys familiar with Conan Lee? Hmm, familiar. Uh, never really fought a lot of his stuff though. Oh, okay. You, there's two films you have to seek out then. One is with Chalian Fat, and it's from 1988 called Tiger on Beat. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It has the chainsaw duel at the end. That is fantastic. And then the sequel to that was with um, Danny Lee, and it's Tiger on the Beat 2 that came out in 1990. So his filmography is a little sparse. He even shows up in, like, Lethal Weapon 4 but just in a small role. So he, he did a lot of American products. I think he has an uncredited role in big trouble in little China. Um, but I don't know when, when you look at his filmography, you have to go back and check out those movies. And it's, if it's been a while since you've seen tiger on the beat, go back and revisit it. That movie is so yeah. much fun with him and Chai and fat. Let's talk about production and development real quick. So this shocked me when I read this, I don't know about you guys. Jim Cotta earned a Razzie award nomination for Thomas, Kurt Thomas, as worst new star. Can you believe that? I mean, no. Yeah, terrible. Um, it's like he's an Olympian and not an actor. I mean, <laughs> and we know the internet never lies. What? Right. Well, Maxim lists the film as the 17th worst movie of all time. I, I don't believe that one either. And this was interesting. So the only reason why we have a DVD release today is apparently there was an internet poll that yeah. Warner Brothers and Amazon.com was doing during 2006. And this won that poll, and that's how it got released on DVD in January 30th of 2007. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting here patiently waiting for Criterion or you know some prestigious label to pick this thing up. Oh, uh, I, I just, before we share our thoughts, take a break and share our thoughts on the film. Do we even have to ask the question, like, why this bombed in 1985? <laughs> no, we don't. We all know no. that. No, I mean. I mean, you got Fletch, Beverly Hills Cop, Jim yeah, Cotta. so many things. And then they call this movie Jim Cotta. Yeah, Jim Cotta. I mean, with unless no, you're like. With a nobody star. Yeah. You know, and they had, you know, Yamashita Tadashi in the movie. I mean, he he's, <clears throat> he's the comma master, right? Yeah. You have him in your movie and you still suck. What? Okay. All right. Well, we don't have to do a lot of analysis on it. I mean, <laughs> uh, 13-year-old Troy thought it was amazing when he saw it. So, Oh, um, I, I, little John thought it was amazing when he saw it. Okay. Well, what do the about, other merry men think about it? Hey, yo. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a quick break and we come back. Um, we're going to try and figure out how to talk about this film. So it, uh, it should be an interesting and lively discussion. So stay tuned. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. You first saw him and enter the dragon. 
Now see him as he's never been seen before. Jim Kelly is Black Belt Jones. <laughs> see him train his own army of girl high jumpers to help penetrate the hideaway of one of the mob's biggest bosses. See him retrieve 25 grand from the mob's own vault, guarded by the toughest hoods in the underworld. See Black Bell Jones join forces with a super chick who's a smash at karate and really means business. Jim Kelly, international karate champ, and Gloria Henry are a super team in Black Belt Jones from Warner Brothers Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. When you're hit by Black Belt Jones, it's a smash hit. Guys, how do you talk about this film? I don't. You can't talk about it critically. No, I. So, <laughs> the plot of this movie yeah. is something that needs to be talked about because it is insane. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's talk about the plot. We'll we'll kick it to you, Brad. Okay. So let me get this straight. Yeah. We have a, a like a secret mission. We're a part of some sort of special intelligence group, and we're going to send in a guy to Parmistan. And if he wins this game, he gets to make a request. Well, and it, so I have a question about that right out of the gate. Okay. So I got the impression that if if you think you're going to go visit, like I'm, I'm like, hey, let's take a vacation. Yeah, I got to my Italy, passport right? ready. Let's go to passports Parmesan. ready. <laughs> Get off the airport. Parmesan. Gonna, I'm going to walk into Parmesan or Latvernia, whatever it is. And uh, I'm like, hey, I'm here for like a little vacation, a couple weeks in, in your country. I got the like, impression cool. you couldn't do that without playing the game. You got to be in the game first. And no yep. one has won in 900 years. Wow. That's a lot of inbreeding. You, you know, I'm oh. not like the best businessman ever, uh-huh. but I would think for tourism, for countries, having a, having a stipulation that you had to win a game to basically stay in the country and no one has won that game in 900 years, you're not getting a lot of outside dollars into your country. No. Yeah. And maybe that's why it looks like it was uh, like still in the uh, Middle Ages when you uh, go there. <laughs> and what are you actually going to request? Because the whole idea is you, you win the game, you get to request anything. If, if you look at the surroundings, what, what is it you're, you're going to ask for from, from that country? Wasn't he asking for like a military base? John, uh, yeah. can you confirm? Do we have a yeah. military base in uh, Parmistan? Parmesan. Is, uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was, a, that was a secret mission. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, okay. no, yeah, it was like you know, we need a spot for our new Star Wars satellite yes. spy thingy. So, can you go play this game? Nobody's won. Yeah, uh, Tr- Troy. In yeah. 1985, the first early warning Earth station was placed in Parmistan for the U.S. Star Wars Defense Program. Yeah, that was a little That's fact a that uh, popped up at the end, right? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Um, okay, so you have a premise that sounds kind of kind of like Enter the Dragon, but a, a little, little goofier. A little bit Enter the Dragon. A yep. little goofier. A uh, little blood sport. Yes. Um, and so you, 
you pick a gymnast. You mm-hmm. pick a gymnast to go be your secret agent. Uh, that so kind of, that do you want to know what like, happens in the first like twelve minutes of this movie, Troy? Well, uh, yeah, okay, okay, what, yeah. So he wins. I guess he wins the Olympic gold medal, or he wins some sort of Olympic I thought he, competition. It was an Olympic competition. It looked like he was just doing a at demo a gym. for yeah. At that was very a high school gym. lit. Well, it yeah. had 15 people in it. Yeah. Come on. Okay. So he wins like the high school gymnastic competition yes. tournament. Yeah. Regional uh, tournament. Immediately starts training for a secret mission. Oh, can, oh, we, well, can we talk about is, the. This is after the special agent cock blocks the groupie. Oh, that's mm, right. Yes. Yeah, she's yes. upset. Have no idea why the hell she was on the screen for so long. So we've got a, we've got a competition win, a cock mm-hmm. block, a training sequence can we montage about, can we talk about the it's training really montage? montage can we talk about the it's training really sequence a- i want to talk about training sequence and then <laughs> and then he falls in love yeah, yeah but before that let's talk about the training sequence but that's all in the first 11 minutes it's it, four of which is this is the opening credits where it's just you're looking at parallel bars and, and then slow motion yeah yeah and it's and it's very it's shot very close in too yeah like, it's, it's a little terrible. erotic it's erotic yes. gymnastics yeah. <laughs> Um, I was like, should I be jerking off right now? <laughs> well, you didn't. <laughs> oh, I, I okay. didn't say that I wasn't. Okay. So the, the first thing I want to ask, I questioned whether or not I should have been. <laughs> oh, earlier. okay. Okay. <laughs> Good point. Um, so w- what is up with the animals that that Eagle was bigger than me just perched. And then the dude comes riding on a horse that's as there's so many horses in this movie. How much oh, yeah. steroids is being passed around to these animals? That Clydesdale, it was a Clydesdale, I believe. It was huge. Was it? Oh huge. Lord. It looked like Godzilla turned into a horse. And then the other question I have is um how does walking up the stairs on your hands actually train or or like what skills does it provide you in defeating a bunch of ninjas that's question one question two <laughs> why is the camera up in his ball sack while why <laughs> could the cinematographer not find another shot for that sequence i mean i don't understand why i had to see kurt thomas's no, no. tonsils through his tidy whities <laughs> yes it was it was to prove that in order to get to the princess, he had to perform this task and then get successfully inspected to make sure he had washed his ass before he went on. That's <laughs> oh, that's the whole sequence. He definitely you know, did. It was it was clean. I saw it all. Yeah. Troy, you know, in like good movies, like they'll show you some things in the first act and then those come back in like the third act. Yeah. Because there's like some sort of payoff. You would think, oh, okay, so he's doing this hand walking up the stairs thing. Maybe at one point in time and at the end of the film, he'll do some sort of diehard part where he steps on a bunch of glass and he can't walk on his feet. So to get up the last little bit, he's got to walk on his hands or something. No, it never comes back. Never yeah. comes back. True. Well, we can talk about, I guess, oh, so, so that was the first few minutes. Then we get the princess, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. So um, she just stares out the window and plays <laughs> She's with very knives. exotic. Yeah. Her mother came from Indonesia. <laughs> yeah. In sentence. Like <laughs> she looked like a certified stalker. I swear I dated this girl in high school at one point. They just play with knives and stare out the window. I, it was creepy. How do you fall in love with a woman like that? Well, he he paid for that. Like the the Mel Brooks King guy, he 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 paid for that. 
You called it oh, Mel yeah. Brooks too. I wrote yeah, that yeah, down. The Mel yeah. Brooks. I was like, oh, dude, yeah. is this History of the yeah. World Part One? Take. She was just. She's. You're right. She's. She's psycho wise. Yeah. Um, Techi Agbai Agbayani, I think is her name. She's still. She's a prolific actress. She's still active now. But in this movie, it's like. You know, when you first see her, it's like, oh, wow. She's like, oh, my God, what the hell's wrong with her eyes? Lea Pazza. (laughs) She's crazy. Um, So then they make a big deal that, like, she doesn't talk. She doesn't talk. So you think the first time she talks, they make a big deal about it? No. No, No, they don't. No. Well, I guess we're going to talk about her. The most boring parts of this movie are when the princess talks. Let's just be honest. Well, For, fortunately, the, uh, she doesn't. The lackadaisical massage she gives. Him. Yeah, um, the dumbest. Oh, yeah. The dumbest parts of this film is when Kurt Thomas talks. <laughs> oh my lord! Um, but how? How? I mean, gentlemen, if if you wanted to woo a princess of this stature, how do you do that? He should have walked up the stairs on his hands ass naked yeah no, no you do you do flippies and have a oh, conversation yes. with and yourself then you well, that's what i'm saying while you do it yeah and no. then aggressively kiss her without consent at some point oh uh, yeah. that was aggressive <clears throat> yeah it was that was super <laughs> aggressive um so that's that's how your movie starts uh and i, got, I gotta be honest with you guys i'm in like yeah. that move that would move oh amazing. yeah and then they go oh. whitewater rafting for no reason. <laughs> oh no, no, they they didn't get there yet. They went to the market oh. for. They go to the. You got the little. Oh, twist. this is where the fun really begins. Yeah. Oh, they're like, hey, you've got a day off before you know the big contest begins. Yeah. Maybe you should just hang out here and be safe, or yeah. you can go to the market and stand out like a sore thumb, and maybe someone will try to shoot you with an arrow. Yeah, I thought it was like Christmas time in, in Parmesan, Parmesan, whatever the hell it was. <laughs> He's wearing He's got that, red, <laughs> that red sweater. It's like, could you make yourself stand out? I was like, more? yeah, could you be the, the typical American schmuck over in another country wearing this bright ass red sweater? Oh, my gosh. My, my hey, and favorite. And when someone asks you if you're American, maybe say no. No, no. but that, that was my favorite part because that guy comes up and asks him and then he gets all angry with him. And then his bodyguard goes... Hey, don't worry. There's just a little bit of anti-American sentiment. And then he gets <laughs> yeah. shot in the chest with an arrow. And I'm like, well, that sounds like a lot of anti-American sentiment, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, that was <laughs> awesome. And it was and and if you paid attention closely, like all the audio, it's all dubbed. Like when they yeah, look at ADR, when yeah. they all look at some of that crap, the 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 whatever the vendor stall dude is like, you know, I give you a good price. What you want? I give you a good price. His mouth does not move on the screen. <laughs> yeah. I it's was like, oh my God, here we go. Let's brilliant, go. brilliant filmmaking, in my opinion. Just fantastic. Well, Troy, can we also talk about, so a lot of people in this movie get shot with arrows. Yes. And the variability of the damage done by arrows is, is vast because sometimes arrows kill you instantly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't kill you. Sometimes you can get shot with an arrow and pull it out of your heart. Right. And you're still alive. Um, so it's weird that just arrows are used but they're not they're not the perfect killing weapon because it seems like it kind of just depends on who you are if it kills you or not i, I, well, I don't do think it's who you are no i i actually here's my theory and you can jump in too john yeah it, we can all share theories on this i think it's the quality of the arrow made in parmesan i yeah, mean that's I don't, exactly what i, was I don't say. think there's a good qc um department for these things so once they get out to market they're i mean the actual performance is going to yeah. have a uh, just 
a wide variety of results. So yeah, if you get shot arrows, in the back, you it yeah. may not work just because the shaft wasn't up to snuff. Well, but, not only um, that, but the the arrows I killed had actual feathers for fletching. Uh, the ones that just maimed you had like Parmesan rinds yeah. uh, for fletching. It was just it was just a quality arrow. I agree. But the market does give us our first like big action. Well, not big action scene, but gives us an action scene where we get to see are Jim Cotta in action, like the oh, art of Jim Cotta. There's just, there's just gym equipment everywhere. So he could just haphazardly jump on these bars. Well, and there's that, a pommel horse later oh, on. Oh yeah. But in the market sequence, none of that exists. Oh, so he no, just no. does a bunch of flippies. No. <clears throat> and what's cool he, about it is his flippies are so amazing. People just fall over. He doesn't even have to touch them, but they just fall. So second time I watched it, uh, on Friday, Bishop sat down and actually watched the movie with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it, that was his question. He was like, did that guy just fall? I yeah. was like, no, 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 son. When you were a master of Jim Cotta, all you do is flip in the air and it's the power of his key that knocks him down. Watch, yeah. watch. <laughs> He's this just is, like shaking his head. Like what the hell is going on? This is why we have you on the show, John. I wouldn't, I, I didn't know how it worked, but that makes total sense to me. It's the power of his key. Okay. Yeah. Well, there- and then, and then don't forget one of the more deadly moves is the uh Jim Cotta front flip wedgie. Oh, yeah. I did not want to be the receiver of that. I know. It was it was powerful stuff, man. Powerful. There is a lot of guys standing around waiting for their turn to fight and then <laughs> you go and then okay, now I'll go. Now Correction, there go. are a lot of guys standing around waiting to be knocked over by wind yeah. or key or whatever or or like running yeah. to his legs or while he's doing things <laughs> yeah. or again through the power of Jim Cotta key when they grab you and try to smash you into the wall they actually give you a backhand assist to help you run up and flip over behind them it's that powerful folks that yeah, it's powerful. like watching a Steven Seagal demonstration um, hey man <laughs> <laughs> watch me do these flippies man um so when we finally meet Mel Brooks uh in his kingdom the con yeah uh oh, we, yes. we we get to the beginning of the game so I, I was watching this uh with my bestest friend ever kevin and uh, my daughter angel because she saw it she's like well i gotta see this John, you see you hear how he just throws that out there i like, did bestest yeah, friend I ever. Ever. I, I understand like we're not even on ever. the call wait till, he, wait till he gets home from his vacation wow. and see what the hell i did to his toilet <laughs> oh, oh. <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> um but did you notice, like, as soon as the game starts, like, this oh. horse murders somebody in the crowd? Oh, yeah, the yes. horse tackles someone. <laughs> it's, like, it's a fatality. And Conan Lee is going, well, what the hell do I do now? Oh, okay, giddy up. Oh, it's amazing. Um, I mean, that guy might be really be dead. Oh, that horse trampled that guy. I definitely seen a chiropractor. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That head snap. That dude went down. He did. He did. Um, So can we can we talk about the rules of the game? Can can somebody kind of explain it to me? I'm a little lot. So I Uh, I, what day of the week is it? Because they change. Well, also, I think the first thing that to clarify is you don't have to win. You just have to finish. (laughs) What's that mean? That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah yeah um john i always finish i might not win but i always oh, finish <laughs> hey oh it's brad's motto i know mm-hmm. um 
So you just you you don't have to be first. You just got to get through it, is what you're saying. Yeah. And then you get I, your, I believe so. Yeah, you get your wish. But right? the yeah. ninjas can follow behind you, and if they catch you, they can kill you. The ninjas they, from what, the Devo were army? they ninjas though? They had well, to be. Were they? Yeah. I mean, they were I, wearing ninja garbs, but a lot of them with were a little flag Devo ninjas? hat. They had a Devo hat too. <sighs> I don't so. know. The, I mean, they were like, whipping it good, Troy. <laughs> so I, I I coined them the the, the Parma Clansmen. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow, the <laughs> Now that you mention it, it, they do. They did have black hoods, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they did. The Parma Klansman. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, could you imagine having that job? Here I am, standing around all fucking day holding, holding the flag. flag. Oh my god! I was thinking about that too. I wrote that down. Like you train your whole life to go to ninja school. Yeah. You can throw stars. You can like do flippies. You, you can know, run on water. You can run on water. You've yeah. got the little smoke bombs. And then as yeah. soon as Mel Brooks is like, hey, come to my country. Um, and then they're like, okay, what I need you to do is stand here and hold this flag and direct traffic. Yeah. Um, while these. Yeah. The, the, yeah, you're a crossing guard. You're the, a glorified crossing guard. Yeah, the black uh, hooded Klansmen people who are also ninjas. I guess. It, it, do you think when you take on a job, there's there's like the rookie job is the flag and then you graduate to being able to chase the other people playing the games that how it works. Actually, I think it's the, on the description job description, the qualifier is must be good with directions. Oh yeah. Ooh, or, I would not do very well. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just, like, I felt so make bad. Go north. Them. I'm like, I don't know which way is north. Even the flag <laughs> you know? guys just look bored though, especially the one at the bottom of the ravine where you just stand there. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do here? Like, Yeah. Can yeah, we also so, talk about how many dummies they throw down onto rocks in this movie? Because oh, it's a lot, and I love it. A lot of good mannequin kills. It is. It is crazy. But you know the rules. Yeah, like you know the one the one Parma clansman, you know, <laughs> arrow shoots the dude in the back, and the, you know, uh, and this this is what Bishop coined this name, so he gets props for it. And then you know Richard Norton's Amir, or as Bishop called him, Nuck Chorus. <laughs> says says kill him says, why'd you kill him oh, he broke the rules he was supposed dude. to wait for him to get on top of the cliff then he could have killed him it's like dude he has a <laughs> magnificent rat tail oh he does oh, oh richard norton's hair in general is pretty magnificent it hasn't changed in like 15 years yeah love it uh he's got, he's got a fantastic mane but yeah, then you have the, the 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 dummies falling over the cliff, and they all use that wily e. coyote smack in the ground sound effect. It was awesome. Um, it's and awesome. I, I it feels well, it sounded like it was the timing was a little off on it too. Yeah. In terms of the when it hits and yeah, yeah. But like you said, Troy, the one guy on the ground the first time the dude holding the flag looks looks down. He looks up like, what happened? Yeah. What am I doing down here? <laughs> <laughs> I just think the rules might be ill-conceived, Troy. I don't think they're very clear. Um, no, I think you just and they're like, all right. So I've I've done many long races in my life. These uh, guys are starting off way too fast because the first through the cornfield, which the geography of Palmerstan is is quite baffling to it me. Looked, but it looked like the uh, backwoods of Indiana, to be quite honest. <laughs> well, yes, but it's yeah. like mountainy in some places and like foresty and then there's yeah. cornfields. Uh, but anyway, I mean, they're running like three miles there. Then they got to do this rope thing. Then they got to run five miles and then they got to go to the village of crazies and then they win. But yeah, it's uh, it's kind of ill-conceived when it comes to the rules. You just got to yeah. finish. Yeah. But no one has finished in 900 years, so maybe they yeah. don't really care about the rules because no one's 
technically going to finish. Yeah, I mean, so like you said, there's a lot of inbreeding. And again, you know, I, I, I guess the one thing that um, Parmistan really excels in is making wigs. Because yes. there's a lot of toupees on those dudes running around. It was freaking hilarious. Yeah, I think Mel Brooks had a <laughs> had a doozy of a toupee. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, well, what about Gomez? Oh, yeah, Gomez. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about, let's talk about Gomez for a sec. Um, he has a, a very bad ending uh, in this game. So the the last leg of this goes through this village of crazies, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the tone just changes for a little bit. I mean, bit. it goes to a pseudo horror film for it's a while. Straight out of horror film. Oh, and yeah, yeah. When you see Gomez like hanging on the wall and arrows in him and its face chopped off and stuff like that, it's super gory. And I don't know about you guys, as many times as I've seen this, it still shocks me when that pops up, right? It's a complete tonal shift out of nowhere. <laughs> it does. Yes, it, it is. It is a complete shocker that kind of like snaps your mind back a little bit. Like, what the hell's all this bullshit? Holy dude, he got fucked up. Yeah. And then Troy, you want to know, you want to know when this movie uh solidifies its awesomeness for me? Oh, I thought it had already, but go ahead. <laughs> well, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Was it when the dude with the little sickle couldn't secure the kill, so he cuts his own hand off? No, that's pretty awesome. It's when our hero of the film just starts punching women. <laughs> that's right. Just oh my the god. Best. I thought There's you were like gonna talk about the the guy that had the face on the back of his head and he would turn around. Oh, yeah, and, so is that oh. Gomez's face? No, that was Professor Quirrell from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't and know. There's, what one, it was. there's another villager that's just got his ass out. And you're like, okay. Oh, oh the, the same one. Isn't that oh, the same one? Oh, uh, no. Oh, it was, uh, oh is that the dude cat? that was like, hey, come this way? And then when he turns around, yeah. he just. His, 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 his ass is like, you know, <laughs> okay. like a Catholic monk or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, hey, look, if uh, if you need. To add a little extra time to your film because you want to get it up to like a certain, uh, you know, time for the theaters. What do you do? Right, you're you're Klaus. You're like, man, we got to do something here. Slow mo sequence. Slow motion <laughs> sequence of running through a village is going to add at least five minutes to your. It's run like time. seven minutes long, and all you hear <laughs> is what's his name breathing, and it's yeah. like sort of a uh, erotic. So I might be like, you know, and, and, working well, it I, up again. And not only that, but, you know, another secret to martial arts movies when you need to um, add some more time to the film is uh, film these boring ass chase sequences through a town with people shooting at you. Yeah, that's you true. Know, rewinding a little bit in the movie. I mean, they got that. Oh, the and, machine uh, with the machine guns. Yeah. So point of order. Um, <laughs> point of ask, order. Why are why are those guns? Why are those machine guns so big? And I had to explain to him, I'm like, well, buddy, in Hollywood, the, see that guy, he's the main actor. In reality, he's only five foot five. So they can't hire actors bigger than him. So in reality, those guys are just as tall as him. And those are the real size guns. And it makes them look like they're midgets. <laughs> eh, probably. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's that. And then like you said, because Bishop said the same thing. It's like, why the hell are, is it slow-mo? What is going on? It's a slasher film. It turns right into a slasher film in that little sequence. I mean, the villagers are chasing him like Frankenstein with two yeah. dogs. And it's, and then I he's mean, climbing this wall and it's just taking forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Right before that is, is the, is the famous pommel horse sequence. 
which right? is thank goodness they built a pommel horse <laughs> right in the middle of the town. I, mean, I know, knew? right? I mean, it's like you know. All right, question: What was that? What's the practicality of that there? Like to hold what, that why bucket, is that it was holding that one bucket that was on there. Uh, it was a bucket yeah. holder. Yeah, it's and every time it's a bucket holder. It was a yeah, bucket holder. Yeah, and if you noticed, every time he was like spinning so around, I was thinking maybe horses because there's a lot of horses. Like you would tie a horse to that thing, but no, no, no there was, was no horse was in that village. Yeah, it was just buckets. Okay, they had to eat. Yeah, it was buckets. Bu- bucket holder. <laughs> yeah, besides, much like a pommel horse. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, he 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 does his pommel thing. And then he gets trapped in a People corner. People just run into his feet. Like yeah. they could just stand back, but they just. Yeah. This should be just him. called face kicking the movie because there's a lot of face kicking. I love it. Oh, I mean, there's yeah. face kicking and unnecessary flips, dude. If if whoa, 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 don't whoa, there's no, no such on. thing as an unnecessary ne- flip. Yeah, excuse no. me, my no. friend. All no. flips are necessary. Okay. <laughs> oh God. He okay. Went. Okay. We are making a shirt that says "Not a bomb," and then it's going to say "All flips are necessary." <laughs> They are. Tell me that a flip doesn't add that just that excitement in in an action sequence. To to quote Bishop, what the fuck was that flip for? What do you mean? What is a look? All I don't know. All flips. All flips are necessary. All flips matter. I would say this right now. I I could do a flip just, you know, standing still. I would do a flip all the time. Kurt Thomas has amazing flips. I will not take that away from him. All of his flips are amazing. Yeah. I do not deny that. And I, you know, I thought back to his question. I had to explain to him again. He's generating key. Yeah. It's part of the Jim Cotta thing. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he used up too much key because apparently when he was climbing up, his legs gave out. So. Well, they yeah, were, he was, he was flinging them around on people's faces. Yeah. I would, yeah. my but legs I, would get out too. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it was a little bit too long, but I do appreciate their homage to George Romero's movie, The Crazies, because, man, what the hell was that sequence all about? Oh, you actually think Robert Klaus saw The Crazies, and he's oh, like, I want to no. do a crazy sequence <laughs> It was Jim like a Kata. Frankenstein homage. Yeah. I don't oh know what it was. Um, oh, my God. So should we talk about the finale? So we get a showdown with Jim We've Cotta been waiting the whole film versus well, Richard Norton. Well, you, well you, Thorg. you got to well, do the Thorg the thor showdown. Uh, that's oh, exactly what i was getting ready thorg. to ask that's about right. you know can we talk about thor let's this, talk about this, thorg you know bob shot i uh, love that dude but how how, how 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 do you let a print of a movie with you falling face first in a pig pen probably into a bunch of pig shit remain uh, I, <laughs> it sounds like you're asking a logical question in an illogical movie <laughs> I, had to, I had to remind bishop it's key. Yeah, Dude, he gets shot key. in the heart with an arrow, and he Again. pulls it out. Yeah, but lives. you see the size of his his pectoral muscle. It was, it was a faulty key. arrow. Okay, it was the it was the Parmesan rinds that didn't do the job. So. Yeah, no, he's yeah. he's a he's an interesting uh, villain. He's the white Bolo Young, right? And like, is he though? <laughs> so our hero and him does our hero know him? Because he's like I've. I've liked you back since Munich. Like, what the hell does that mean? I so I was going to ask you guys about that. Do you think they dated in Munich? Was there just something <laughs> that was going on back maybe, then? Maybe, and you know, and he, maybe it was a one, like he put more into the relationship than Thorg did. Thorg was like, "Look, one night we're done." But the other guy's like, it, "I it, really loved you." It um, could oh, explain God. why he was really bad at the handstands at first. God, Thorg was Thorg would tear him apart. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think he did because. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, I saw how he kissed a woman. He really not into it. Uh, true, true. Yeah. Um, Dad pops up again 
after getting shot in the back with an arrow. And oh, we lived. forgot to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. But then oh, he yeah, gets shot again beginning. and he's. So folks, yeah. Dad was at the beginning. He was doing the game and he got shot by an arrow and uh, we don't know what happened up until this point. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, But so. <laughs> and then he gets shot by another arrow. <laughs> still lives. Still, <laughs> still lives. lives. Yeah. You think he lives? Why wouldn't like, he? They wouldn't show him at the end. Like, he was hunched he over was... the horse without. I know he thinking he was going to live, right? He got back to the, to the finish line. So I don't know. Why wouldn't he live? I heard they have a great medical program over. <laughs> they do, but <laughs> okay. So Thor defeats Thor, and then he's got to defeat Richard Norton. So here, here's, here's the only problem I have with this film. The only problem in no universe, just in no universe is flippy boy going to beat Richard Norton. It's just, no, it's not going to happen. No, he would like Bane backbreaker him. Like yeah. he's walking well, his back. This, like I said, Richard Norton, they must give, let him have the green light to really show off, you know, just how, you know, really good he is. Uh, the first 36 seconds of that fight, he was whooping his ass. Yes. It, it reminds me of that sequence in Lethal Weapon 4 with Riggs and Murtaugh and Jet Li. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> what should have happened is Riggs and Murtaugh died because Jet yeah. Li was just going to whip their ass. Yeah. Um, exactly. So I, I don't I don't buy that in, in my head. There's never going to be another lethal weapon after lethal weapon four because those two are dead and Jet Li lived. Um, but yeah, this uh, this showdown, um, the I just I don't buy it. Like Richard Norton is too good. Flippy boy can't beat him. He Flippy boy can beat Thorg. He can't beat Richard Norton. That's my opinion. Agreed. Well, maybe that's why they had him practice the handstands because apparently. He got inverted and used his spectacular thigh muscles to slowly crush his neck. So what? So yeah, he like chokes him out. Yeah, but yeah. the handstands strengthen your thighs. <laughs> yeah, that's John. That doesn't make any sense. I don't. If you study Jim Cotta, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm gonna take your word for it, man. Um, do some handstands real quick. And right, then it's like literally that, and then like they save the print, and then end. Then it's over. Like. The the promptness of which this movie ends is breathtaking because it's like I was looking at the timer. It's like he kills uh what's his name with like four minutes left. And you're like, yeah. we also got credits here too. Yeah. And then it's basically over. Yeah. So do you think he stayed with Mel Brooks and, and his and his daughter? Oh, yeah, because he's marrying that chick now. So that they can keep their military base to do the satellite mm-hmm. stuff? Satellite, yep, yep. Do, you, do you think and that's teach. why we won the Cold War is because oh, of the yes. military base? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Parmistan was the uh, was absolutely. the missing link. Parmistan, um, uh, what's his name? Jonathan, you know, the star of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, converted all the, uh, the the Parma clansmen into good guys, and with their mighty force of Jimkata, defeated their enemies. There's yes. also a subplot about the twenties, which are like kids who want to like move. Palmer staying up to the 20th century. So it's like civil unrest as well. So there's a civil war going on. <laughs> well, like they're, they're tired of living like where they got to like take a shit in a bucket and put it outside and have horses all the time. And do you yeah. think maybe they got a copy you of know, like L Ron Hubbard's Dianetics and like, look, we can, yeah. we can alter this. <laughs> Someone got a VHS player and they're like, could you see this? Look, this guy's got a Nintendo. Yeah. We're out here. <laughs> You know, getting yeah. the plague. Have you seen yeah. Fletch? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am carrying this bucket of shit back to that pommel horse in the middle of the town for no freaking reason. Uh, that reminds me, since we said Mel Brooks so much, that reminds me of a line from History of the World. You look like the piss boy. You look like a bucket <laughs> <Yeah>. of shit. 
Joy, can I tell you what the best thing about this movie is? There's like several, but go well, ahead and pick one. This yeah. is my favorite. Okay. So he is uh, he is knocked out, and he wakes up to a woman, oh. and this woman does not have a tongue, and uh, oh. she is basically healing him back with a washcloth on his forehead. Yeah, okay. Yeah, which you know doesn't address the yeah. wound to the back of the head, but anyway. At one point in time, he decides he is, he learns that her tongue has been removed. Right. He holds her hostage with a knife and says this, tell the princess I'm in the garden. <laughs> yes. She doesn't have a tongue. She yes. cannot speak. Yeah. But what happens? The next scene, the princess is there. So how yep. did she communicate with the princess? There's this thing called sign language, Brad. Mm. And yeah. I think it's like the the second most Tell known language I'm in Parmesan. <laughs> so every everybody knows sign language in Parmesan. Par- Parmistan. Parmistan. Uh, no, she went to the princess and went. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> oh, the garden. Okay. <laughs> nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Yep. Uh, oh, they're, they're, oh yeah, God. I, there are so many. Oh, I love the fight where right before he gets knocked out, you know, he's fighting the the Parma clansmen, and you got the one dude standing by the horses like. I ain't fighting his ass. <laughs> He's just standing there. It's crazy. So I, I do have a serious question for you guys. Uh, is I I love watching this film. Is this the greatest movie ever made? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but it, it's so much fun when you're watching it like uh, with, with like-minded people. Like if we get together yeah. and, and watch this, it's 100% amazing time. Do uh, you enjoy watching this on your own? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah. as fun. Like it, it's definitely like 75% of what it is when I would watch it with like you guys, but it's still, it's a still a really fun movie. Cause yeah. I know basically every word of this. Yeah. <laughs> now it's fine. Cause I keep catching things. I never really picked up on like when princess throws the switchblade. Right. I thought we were going to a West side story mode, but um, she throws the switchblade and you notice it's filmed, you know, they reverse filmed it or, you know, reverse played it. Cause the blade always enters the wood on a down upward angle. And then it flips up. And then Bishop caught it. He's like, is that fishing wire at the end of it? I was like, oh, yep. And they did it with the, that poor man's James Bond shooting knife. And then the. (laughs) Oh, and uh, John, those weapons definitely come back into play, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Nuck Chorus's, uh, Nuck Chorus's sword. Yeah. How, you know, definitely don't come back. Those gadgets are just, (laughs) I don't know. That was a really cool axe he could have used, but yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And how about that scene where, uh, the one dude shoots through the door gets the bad guy and instead of falling down he draw he, he runs through the door and then does his death throw yeah i mean it's oh. that's amazing action choreography in my yeah. opinion well not only that but you got to give it up for their stunt people uh remember the scene again they're chasing them through the town with the guns and the one i i didn't know parmistan had their own police force well, but yeah. apparently you know this little you know smart car pulls up Dude hits the front of the car, stops, then twirls, and keeps going. Yeah. I mean, stunt work. Talent. I, I got to yeah. tell you, I, of all the films that we have talked about, this is what episode, I don't know, 160-something. 162. 162. Okay. Um, I can't think of a better contender for a sequel than Jim Cotta. Like, Jim Cotta 100% needs a sequel made in 2023. Like they need to pick up exactly where this movie ends because I have so many questions and I, I want to see what happened to all these people. No, I'm, I'm with you. It, it definitely deserves a sequel. Um, and let's put it, let's put it this way, right? Jim Cotta. It, it's a little known 
art, but it is still whispered throughout Hollywood. Um, I don't know if you saw that episode of Family Guy um, with uh, Stewie and Brian. No. Stewie asked Brian to teach him the secrets of Jim Cotta. Um, so it is still relevant. A sequel can be made. And they're all on strike. So hell, you guys want to do it? Let's do it. I bet you. I, I guarantee if we put a Kickstarter campaign, if we wrote a screenplay and it was Jim Cotta to the, the cottoning or I don't know, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Uh, and said, yeah. And, and said, <laughs> look, we're, we're, we're going to finish this story. And, uh, I, I think we would get a couple of million bucks in funding, but we're going to make it into like a, like a, like a, like a drama, like a, a drama? serious drama. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I don't know. It's got to have action. It's got to have a lot of flippies. Oh, it's going to. Okay. Yeah. We'll go with the flippies. It's, it, um, I mean, we really need to expand this, um, science and art, uh, of Jim Cotta, I think in a sequel. Oh yeah. Did, did we talk about the village of crazies enough? Cause I feel like <laughs> no. that is insane. Like no. the turn that this movie makes is insane. It's amazing. Like I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, did something happen to the DVD? Like, are we watching the same? Movie? Oh no, no. I remember the first, when we were watching it in the theater, we were all kind of like slack jawed going, Oh my God, those people are going to freaking kill him. Look, look, look how slow he's running. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I, I remember the first time I saw this, immediately fell in love with it. And um, I mean, it was in regular rotation just yeah. growing up. And it, and again, it's one of those films that if you find somebody who likes action films, I mean, I I, I listed a bunch of movies um, in the beginning that are sort of goofy martial arts films or take martial arts in an entirely different direction. I think Jim Cotta is like in the pantheon of that because from a movie perspective, it's... <laughs> It's a competently made movie, but it has incompetent things throughout it. Um, and I, I, every time I hear about that budget, I'm like, where's that budget? Where, yeah. where did that money go? <laughs> Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks, that his hairpiece <laughs> probably, yeah. but, um, no, yeah. I mean, you're right. It, it's a movie that is actually, actually competently done in the sense of it has the elements of what an eighties martial arts movie should have. Yeah. Um, my, my, my point watching it nowadays is it's also a really fun guide. Um, if you want to make uh, a martial arts movie or hell any action movie, um, watch this movie to understand things that can work if you tweaked it and things that just never should happen. Yeah, I don't. I need a sequel so bad. I think. Yeah, I. I wish. Well, Warner Brothers needs money. I bet you we can get the rights to Jim Cotta for like five bucks. Oh, Dude, yeah. I'm in. I'm uh, in. Well, any other final thoughts on Jim Cotta? Again, it, it's it's crazy that um, this was actually shot in Yugoslavia. Found yeah. that out. Um, so you know, it, it's crazy when they were. And I hated this thought that was actually going through my head is when they had all these extras that, you know, like I said, that, you know, duty got killed by the horse, um, the town of the crazies. And, and did they really, did they really like go out to some remote parts of Yugoslavia to find some of those towns? Like, you know, some, some folks take advantage of it, you know, the Appalachia and down on the haulers and stuff like that. And just say, Hey, go to film, go to film. Here's $10. You know, well, and and no, look, them. you're thinking way too serious about this thing. No, 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 no. Because if it wasn't, that was some of the best makeup I've seen in a while. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. I'm going to assume that's where the eight million dollars went to was all of the makeup effects. 
uh, for the yeah, crazies. It's it's great. And like I said, if you have not seen it, I, you could probably find it on YouTube. But there was an episode of Family Guy where Stewie talks Brian into uh, teaching him the secrets of Jim Cotta. It's actually freaking hilarious. You I'm going to have to go search that out. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to start with you, John. We had a fantastic discussion about 1985's Jim Cotta. So the big question here, is it a bomb? No. For the reason that it is a martial arts movie that if you really try to take it seriously, you're really missing the purpose of why you should be watching it, which is to watch a martial arts movie that's going to make you laugh and make you have some serious questions about things, but at the end, appreciate like my, my, what they my tried. sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Yep. You know, because if you're like me, when I was a kid, the first thing we tried to do was handstands out of the movie theater. Uh, that didn't work so hot or find something close to a parallel bar and swing around it. Uh, some of us made it. Some of us didn't. Um, but it, it, it's it to me, it was just another fun movie. My son, <laughs> he didn't say he hated it, but he's just he just he actually sat and watched it start to finish. And that's rare for him to do. So it got him a little bit. Got him questioning a lot of things, but at the end, uh, he did have fun watching it. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's a blast. I agree with you. All right, Brad, Jim Cotta, your pick. Is it a bomb? Oh, not a not a bomb. Not even close. This is a this is a gem that it just it just keeps on getting better and better. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to uh, make this unanimous and say it's not a bomb. Okay, look. If, if it's anybody, a terrible movie. It, movie is no, terrible, it's not terrible. But it's awesome. It's not terrible. If if anybody asks, like, prove to me that the 80s was the greatest decade in cinema ever. To me, this would be exhibit A because Warner Brothers, a major studio, sunk the equivalent of like 70 to 80 million dollars in 2023 money into a concept of let's take a gymnast and karate and have him fight ninjas in in some remote uh country with Mel Brooks running the whole thing uh you you they don't make movies like this today this would never no never be made much less released in a theater uh and, and heck i mean even streaming services can you think of anything that's even on Netflix Amazon Prime or whatever that even comes close to this much fun no no not recently no yeah so no I rest my case, Your Honor. The 80s are the greatest decade yep. ever. Jim Cotta, yep. Exhibit A. There you go. And and, and I will point out, too, as uh, supporting evidence to that, uh, again, we talked about Richard Klaus. Uh, again, his list of movies. Look how many actors that were in Jim Cotta that were in several of his other movies throughout. So they kept coming back. They kept trusting him with you know the movies they were going to be in. Yeah. So that, that, that says a lot. No, it does. I, it's, it's a gem. It's so much fun. Uh, it if, really is. If you're a movie collector and you don't have this in your collection, shame on you. Just shame on you. You, you need to own this. Yep. Uh, Matter but, of fact, go practice your handstands up the stairs. Yeah. Well, show this to every six-year-old you know and send them to a, a, a playground and let them yep. gymkata the crap out of all their friends. It'll be awesome. <laughs> um, we got some listener feedback. You, you want me to read it, Brad? Yes, please. All right. <clears throat> we have an email from John says, uh, hey guys, I recently discovered your podcast after it was mentioned by the guys over at Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Needless to say, I love it. I've been going through a bunch of the older podcasts and came across the one on Why Don't You Just Die. It was awesome to see that film get some attention. I have a recommendation for you. The film Botched. It came out in 2007 
and stars Steven Dorff. It's a very dark comedy with over-the-top violence. It reminded me a little bit of why um, Don't You Just Die. Keep up the great work as you've made a new fan. All the best, John. Uh, Brad, I sent this trailer over to you today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had never heard of it. Never heard of it before. Uh, I've, I've got a copy on the way. We're adding this one to the list because that trailer sold me. But um, this is my favorite thing about doing this podcast is somebody out of the blue I, I have never met goes, hey, have you heard about this film? Which I never have. I go look at the trailer and I'm like, oh, my God, this looks like a, a new little um, treasure to because I guess it's out of print now or something. The DVD is not hard to find. I had yeah, to get mine off, off eBay used, I think. Um, but oh my gosh, this, this is, this is the best thing ever. Like somebody comes to the table and says, go watch this film, go talk about this film. And, uh, it's something that you and I have, just didn't even know existed. That looks awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I am very curious. We've, we've added it to the list, so we will do it at some point in time. Yeah. Have you seen it, John? I have not. I just, I just picked it apart and it's got Sean Pertwee in it. And I love that guy. I love him as an actor. So I'm going to be watching that. All right. Well, John, thank you um, so much for that recommendation. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Uh, Brad, if somebody else wants to send in some feedback, tell us their Jim Cotta experience and stories. How do they get a hold of us? Yeah, that's not a pod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and threads because that's a thing. And, or you can <laughs> go to our website, which is not a and hit the contact us button up at the top. Okay. Uh, what else? We, we got another movie we're going to talk about next week, right? Yes. Yes. So, uh, we are doing a science fiction film that I'm very excited to revisit. Um, it is from 2020. So not that long ago, it is underwater. Yes. Starring Kristen Stewart. So you had seen this before, right? I have. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I picked it because so many people had talked about it and I'd never seen it. Uh, so I, I went ahead and, and bought it. Uh, I'm really curious to sit down and watch this and talk about it with you. We'll have some guests on for that as well. But, uh, John, my goodness, you brought the thunder again. I knew you were the man to bring the Jim Cotta expertise to the show. You, you uh, never disappoint. It's so much fun. So much fun. Hold on. Staring at Brad again. Okay. Um, what was the question? Um, we were talking about dreamy Brad, um, Yes, guys making me blush. <laughs> no, I, I can't thank you enough, John. Love you to death. And, love um, you guys. I, I love the fact that just not enough to be your best friend, John, but you know, he's, yeah, I know I got, um, sloppy seconds, but no, no, you can be a best friend. You can just not best this bestest. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you guys. It's always a blast. It's, I really appreciate it. It's so much fun. Yeah, we, we got a couple uh, coming up that we're going to ask you about and try and beg you to come back and talk about. So uh, stay close. And Brad, who else should everybody be listening to? I mean, we're a cool podcast, but we actually know a couple of cool podcasts, too, that you and I listen to that we should probably share. Yeah, that's the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Watch Skip Plus. And if uh, you're hearing this, Troy was on there talking about the one, the only Tom Cruise, oh. Mission Impossible dead reckoning part one such a terrible fun episode. not the longest title in the entire world but it's up there oh, terrible movie shut <laughs> your mouth that movie's amazing i saw it twice no it's reverse psychology trying to get people to go see it oh no it's fantastic, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh the vhs files night of the living podcast 
the mixtape podcast and Raiders of the podcast. Go check all those people out, please. Yes, do tell them we sent you. Uh, I guess that's it, right? Go see Jim Cotta. Go see Jim. Yes. Cotta. Go buy Jim Cotta. Find it, watch it, enjoy it. Yes, I agree. So I don't know if you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or evening. Thank you for listening to us ramble about Jim Cotta. Come back next week. Uh, it's really hot outside, so we're going to jump into the ocean and go underwater and talk about a little film called Underwater. It should be fun. So we'll see you same time next week. Catch you then. Don't lose your head. I guess I can't be doing submarine implosion jokes next week. No. Too God, soon? No. Too soon? Okay. Too soon.